Welcome to another episode of the 206 Geek Podcast with your host Todd, the 206 Geek. Yes, I am your host Todd, the 206 Geek, and this is episode 71. And uh got a few th- things to talk about here. Uh, let's see here. Um, well, I, I pulled up some links about th- some things to talk about, and, and the vast majority of these look like they're coming from comicbook.com. I'm going to share all these stories on social media, so um, if there's like video clips and things like that, you can check it out for yourself. And and of course, you'll be able to read the whole article and not just the, the bit that I'm going to read. And so, all right. So the first thing I was gonna, I'm going to talk about is uh, James Gunn review reveals even because you know I can read. Uh, <laughs> James Gunn reveals the only way he'd bring Yondu back for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That's going to be the first thing I'm going to talk about. And then it looks like Build-A-Bear is releasing a Harley Quinn bunny that is absolutely terrifying. And then we have a story here on uh, GameTyrant.com. Um, it is called My Arcade Retro Champ is now available for purchase. And it looks like it's a handheld game system that plays old NES and Famicom games. I'll talk about that. And then we have uh, The Boys Season 2 sneak peek announced. And we have here Viacom CBS to expand CBS All Access with Nickelodeon, Showtime, Comedy Central programs. And Comedy Central programs. And then we have uh, Star Trek reveals its alien strain of pot. So uh, looks like Picard's going to have its own marijuana. I guess we'll talk about that. And then the last thing here I have here is from Latino Review. And it says, The Matrix 4 stars Reeves and Moss spotted filming the poten- uh, potential train wreck of a sequence. All right, those are the things to talk about today. All right, so let's see here. James Gunn reveals the only way he'd bring back Yondu for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Despite calls to bring back Yondu, the blue-skinned Ravager, played by Michael Rooker, Guardians of the Galaxy writer-director James Gunn maintains uh, the adopted father of Peter Quill, played by Chris Pratt, is permanently dead. The character could only return in a flashback or prequel set before the events of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. There the roughneck centurion met his noble and... Then he sacrificed himself to save his boy when Quill's biological father, Ego, played by Kurt Russell, was exploded by a bomb set off by Groot, voiced by Vin Diesel. Gunn again reaffirms, Yondu will not be resurrected, argued it would undo his heroic final act. I agree with that. I mean... Yeah, I mean, really, the only way you should ever have a character come back is if it, if the events in the movie 
take place before the events of the movie where that person dies. Or it's a dream sequence. And that's just kind of how I think it should be. But then again, you also have to keep in mind that uh, these are all fictional stories. They're not about real people. And, uh... Wait, huh? Okay, they're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. Am I, am I getting through to you at all? I know, right? I mean, I, I, I pushed... That's why I said, huh? I pushed the button and it didn't do anything, so I pushed it again and it played at that time. So, yes, fictional characters, folks. Um, and you know what? I understand why he's doing it that way, though. I mean, because otherwise we'd have, like... We'd have, you know, people voting that bringing this person back is necessary for the story going forward and we won't see the movie unless you bring that person back. Uh, kind of like they did with... Um, who was it they did that with? They did that with a bunch of bunch of people in, in other movies, I think, didn't they? I'm thinking there was, but right now I'm I'm not like I cannot get my brain to like tell me who the character was or the actor was. Um, oh, I remember Optimus Prime. Yes, Peter Cullen's character from the original 1986 animated movie the transformers the movie and uh yeah they killed optimus prime uh basically so they can introduce rodimus prime to sell more toys and you know when you're a kid and you're going to see a cartoon movie of these heroes and in the first 10 minutes of the movie all your favorite characters get killed. It's kind of traumatic. <laughs> I mean, what were they thinking? I mean, clearly they were thinking about making money off of new toys. You can, you can, you can bring in new toys or new characters without killing off the original cast. <laughs> what the fuck, right? Um. So, uh, Hasbro and uh, and. And the people that made the cartoon, um, I think it was Sunbow and Marvel, and um, they basically said, "Well, we've get we're getting all these letters and phone calls from parents of very upset children. <laughs> Maybe we should bring back Optimus Prime." And uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. So in, in 1986, I think I was like. I think I was like 12 or 13 at the time. It was like my last year of middle school. And, uh, yeah, I remember going to the theater and watching that movie thinking, this is going to be great. Oh my gosh, this is going to be great. And then like that opening sequence where like all of the core Autobots are killed. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> that, that was that was that, that was the only thing I could think of, you know. And then, of course, years later, I found out. Yeah, it was because they wanted to sell different toys. And from what I remember back in those days, the toys that came out after the movie were god awful. Um, 
No, wait. I'm thinking of the next generation, um, generation two, were god awful. They were they were basically the same molds, but they were u- they were made with cheap plastic. Um, so all the great toys you had in 1984, 85, and 86 were remade in like the late 80s, like 88, 89, but they were made with like um, less detail and what appeared to be cheap plastic. So the things that were like die cast and, 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 uh, and, uh, and, um, rubber were now hard, like Tyco, I'm not Tyco. Um, I'm thinking of like play school, like preschool toy plastics. Yeah. Yeah. And generation two literally was, um, like retooling the original toys with cheaper plastic. And they did a series, which was basically, um, taking the original cartoon and like adding new, like though you remember those when watching the old cartoon, there was those in between scenes where it goes, and they showed like the two Autobot, uh, running through. And then, and then when they come back, it'd be the two, um, Decepticons coming back, but it changed those so they were computer graphics instead of like 2D animation, and uh, that was the difference. It was basically the same. It was the same cartoon, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think killing off a character. Once you kill off a character, that that character should be dead, and not coming back. And uh, yeah, but that's that's me. That's just how I feel about it. Um. um but yeah, if, if if you're gonna bring that person back, do do like a, a dream sequence or a flashback or a prequel, and that's the only way to really do it. Especially now with people like completely losing their shit over um, remakes and reboots, and you know, changing changing the origins of a character. Oh my god, what's wrong with you? You know. Um, <laughs> No, and I've also been that guy who 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 complained about changing the origins of a character or characters, but uh, yeah, I remember having that that kind of I don't know if I had a full on meltdown over it, but I remember getting annoyed by the 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 change of the origins of uh, the uh, Michael Bay produced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. And uh, I think it was like in 2012 when that movie came out. 2013, I think it was right around the first when I first started doing the podcast with um, my then best friend and host. And uh, I remember seeing that movie and going, "Wow, there's a lot of things that I liked about this movie, and the things that I thought I was going to hate weren't the worst parts of the movie." I thought that. Um, uh, the woman who played April O'Neil was going to completely butcher the character. She was going to be some, you know, anyways, she was actually the best part of the movie. The thing that bothered me the most about that was the fact that they changed the origins of the turtles and how they, how they got the ooze and, you know, in that April knew them when they were babies. I was like, wait, 
No, that was never a thing. I remember, well, I never read the actual comic. Actually, I actually had a copy, like a, a third print of the first issue. I remember looking at it going, wow, this is way more violent than the than the cartoon or the original movie. But yeah, the story was completely different back then. And uh yeah, I didn't like that. But either way, you know, I I got over it cuz it was it was a, it was beyond that one thing. It was a decent movie. Um I don't know, I just kind of went on a bit of a tirade there. I apologize. Let me get back on Meanwhile, all right, back on track. I was talking about James Gunn and his movie, uh, and the the fact that he doesn't want to bring back Yondu unless it's some sort of flashback. This is he's quoted saying this: "Unless we're talking about some sort of prequel or flashback, I believe this would nullify Yondu's sacrifice." Gunn wrote on Twitter when responding to a fan fans arguing the filmmakers should. Uh, arguing, urging rather, not arguing, urging the filmmaker to please find some way to bring back Yandu. This is when replying to a similar tweet in January 2018, Gunn wrote, Yandu will never be brought back to life as long as I'm around. His passing needs to be to mean something. And yeah, that yeah, you shouldn't just arbitrarily bring a character back just because the fans don't like it. Although I'm glad they did for Optimus Prime. <laughs> All right. What's this? Oh, it's just a video for the next story, I think. All right, that's pretty much it for that story. I don't. I think I read the whole thing there. The rest of this is all advertisements. I think. Yeah, it's the next. That's the next story. Okay, so to the next story, which is Build a Bear releases Harley Quinn bunny. That is absolutely terrifying. Let's see if we have a photo of it here. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's that is. That is um that is kind of creepy actually in a uh <laughs> wow that is that is that just that just looks like a a a furry right there not a, a plushie of any kind <laughs> oh my god and you know what i'm not saying that that uh that well actually no i am i'm saying that that furries can be terrifying Todd, don't be an asshole. Yeah, okay, but you know what? Um, and uh, not every furry, but just I've I've seen a few that just were like, "Oh my god, what the hell was that?" But uh, anyways, back to this story. <laughs> it says Birds of Prey is in theaters, and people are packing the house to see Harley Quinn's latest film. Build a Bear just put out a new bunny themed around the villain. And it's safe to say that this stuffed animal is basically terrifying. So the outfit is modeled after her classic comic book, comic look, not comic book, comic look. But then uh, 
things get a little bit weird. The eyes are supposed to be represent, repre- uh, resemble, represent, resemble. I think it's resemble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Her mask, but it feels like they're feels like they're staring into your soul. Each ear is color-coded red and blue, just like Margot Robbie's hair in the movie. The paws get the same treatment as the ears. Everything is about this pretty is pretty strange. But if you would like to purchase this bunny, you can go get them from buildabear.com. Uh, speaking of scary things, there was one stunt the crew filmed for Birds of Prey that was a little more than, than a little more hairy than others. Producers Brian uh, Uncle Un- Unkelis, can, um, I'm sorry, and Sue Kroll talked to ComicBook.com about that moment. So she's so brave; she's doing anything. Anything for a movie. Okay. And she's not... And she's not... I don't think she's scared. I was more scared for her. In this instance, it was shot where she was being pulled by a car on roller skates. One wrong move and things could have gotten gone really bad. Yeah, that's... <sighs> That's not that's something I would have I would have let the stunt double do myself. Um cuz let's be honest, if you've ever if you've ever been on skates at high speed, all it takes is one pebble. <laughs> one teeny tiny rock for you to, to get thrown flying through the air like Superman. <laughs> and that happened to me. I was um in uh, in like the early t- 2010s, like 20, yeah, it was like t- 2010, 2009, maybe. I uh, I tried out for a co-ed roller derby league, and I did one scrimmage. Scrimmage is that the word? I did one of those where I tripped and fell over a piece of dirt. Or like something, I didn't see what it was on the floor, but it was enough to stop me from going moving forward. So I fell, and because I fell so quickly, um, there was like three people behind me, and I got kicked in the side, like my where my kidneys are, by a a a a not small person on roller skates. <laughs> So that's when I said, you know, if, and this, and that was a minor incident when it comes to doing roller derby. I said, if it hurt that much, just getting, getting that, then I need to like not do this. I, I, I would much rather watch other people do it. So that's what I end up doing at that point. I quit doing that. I sucked at it, by the way. And that's why I quit because I sucked. And I, yeah. So falling on skates is never fun, it's even when you have pads and a helmet, because <laughs> the pads only protect you from when you hit the ground. It doesn't protect you from being hit by other things or, or hitting something else. Um, 
They just the, the helmets just to keep your your uh, you know it's it's to it's to keep you from getting your head crushed by something. It doesn't gonna, it's not going to prevent you from getting brain damage or killed. <laughs> not that that would happen on a roller skating thing. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I would have never, never would have been pulled behind. You know, if I was maybe in my teen, teenage years, maybe this is just me being old or getting old. I'm thinking to myself, I would never do that because that just screams like I'm going to lose a body part or I'm going to die. <laughs> um, that's crazy. All right. So the next thing I was going to talk about here, I saw this advertisement and I had to find a different link. Actually, I don't think it was an effort. I think it was actually a story about it. And there were so many advertisements on this page. It was hard to read what the uh, the thing was about so i had to look for this i i grabbed the title of the of the article about this device and found another place that has it and it's not like it, the article isn't framed by advertisements like the other site was and you know i understand wanting to make money with your website and your and your blogs or your podcast but having so many advertisements that it like it's it's uh, it's not pleasant to look at your site anymore <laughs> it's not a good thing folks um and maybe i'm just one of those people that doesn't want to s- subscribe monetarily to something to get rid of the ads i'm terrible like that and that's probably why i haven't gotten any subscriptions to my my, my podcast is because i'm i'm that same kind of guy um, so anyway, this thing is called the, uh, my arcade retro champ. And it looks like a retro, um, think of like what the, the, uh, the, the, um, switch, the Nintendo switch is, you know, it's, it's a handheld, um, gaming system, which basically is like a tablet with controllers attached to either side of it. It's similar to that. The difference is this plays old NES and Famicom games. And if you don't know what Famicom is, Famicom was the original Japanese version of the Nintendo Entertainment System. And uh, the format was a little different. That's why you didn't have a lot of import games that worked on the NES, is because Famicom was different than the NES. At least in the, I think, I think the difference was like the, the format was different. Not that the games, um, the video format was different. So it's like the, the difference between the video formats in the UK and here. I think it's the same thing over, over in Japan. And it says here, portable versions of retro gaming systems have become the new trend over the last few years. Many companies have created new systems to allow your full-size cartridges to be played on the go. Retro collectibles companies, uh, My Arcade has just finished its own cartridge playing handheld dubbed the Retro Champ. Uh, the Retro Champ is a is compatible for playing games for the NES and Famicom with dual cartridge port design. That's cool. Uh, It says here, now this isn't the first time this has been done. 
but I have to admit I'm liking what my arcade has done aesthetically with the design. It looks kind of like a tablet with, uh, in the way, with Famcom cartridges sliding, fl- uh, okay, it looks kind of like a tablet in a way with Famcom cartridges sliding flush into the bottom of the device as to not interfere with the device's built-in kickstand. NES carts will stick out the top since they are much longer or larger than their Japanese counterparts. Because of the size of these cartridges, my arcade has equipped the Retro Champ with a large 7-inch screen, effectively using the space. I was concerned about the 16-9 aspect ratio, but my arcade has confirmed that the video can be displayed in proper 4.3 or stretched depending on the user's preference. There are also two speakers taking residence on the front of the device. And it shows photos of this thing. Uh, it says, Battery life on the Retro Champ is stated to be around 3 to 5 hours, putting it in line with the likes of Nintendo Switch. The system does come with a rechargeable battery, so it can be charged at any point or plugged in while using the system at home. Other neat features of the Retro Champ is that it, the, the ability to output your games over HDMI to a TV connected to connect and connect two of my arcade Super Gamepad wireless controllers to the system for at home and multiplayer sessions. One of the more obscure additions to the Retro Champ is the inclusion of a cartridge cleaning kit so you can be sure to have clean cartridges going into your system. That's really cool. <laughs> um, there's a lot. How much is this thing? I want one now. Not that I have a lot of Nintendo games lying around. Um, although my, my cousin does have a Nintendo Entertainment System, so there might be one or two cartridges laying about. But this would be cool. And, you know, I did find... I did find a link for this to buy this on Amazon. Let me see if I can pull that link up. Let's see here. All right, it looks like it's it's going to be available on February 16th and the price is $80. And it says, I'm trying to see if there's like details as what comes in it. What comes with the package? Let's see. It doesn't look like it comes with anything extra. I think if you want to have like the the uh, the controllers, you probably have to buy the controllers separate. I don't think it comes with controllers, which is unf- you know that 
it should come with controllers, right? It says about the product. Play NES and Famicom cartridges on the go. Full color 7-inch screen. 3 to 5 hour playtime. Built-in kickstand. Connects to TV via HDMI, which I already read all that stuff. Um, all right. Okay, well, shit. I don't know what to tell you. It doesn't it doesn't specify if it comes with controllers or not. I'm going to assume it does not come with controllers. And you have to buy those separate. So 80 bucks is is just for the system, no games and uh no controllers. I was hoping that it came with at least one. <laughs> All right. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's it's So yeah, you can you'll be able to buy this on 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 in like next week. I think next week is when the sixteenth is. Uh, let's take a look. Calendar, yes the yeah the sixteenth is a week from I know. No, it's two weeks from tomorrow, not a week. It's two weeks from tomorrow. Tomorrow being the ninth. All right, next story. Next story to talk about. Actually, you know what? Before we do that, let's go ahead and and and, and get uh, a word from our sponsor. Hey, you want to help support the podcast? Of course you do. And the easiest way to do that, there's a couple different ways, actually. One way is you can go to the website, 206geek.com, and click the Rate Us Now button, and then, and then it will give you several choices as to places to where you can rate and review the podcast. One of them, which is Apple Podcast. The other one is podchaser.com. And I believe the third one, if you're on a PC, will show up as Stitcher. Now, if you are on an Apple device or on a PC, uh, that has iTunes, do all three. Give me a rating and a review. The more people that do this, the more people that will be able to see my podcast and the more the podcast will grow. So if you have to, and I've heard other people say this on their podcast, if, you, if you're if you like visiting friends and family, hey, can I see your phone for a second? And then like subscribe them to my podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's actually kind of funny. Um, subscribe your friends to my podcast, especially if you think they'll, they'll find it amusing and or entertaining. That would be great. Plus, doing the the rating and reviewing helps too. So please, go to teosisgeek.com, click the Rate Us Now button, and then select one of the places where you can rate and review, and do that, please. It doesn't take much time. Thank you. That's all I can say about that. The other way you can help support the podcast is the host I use, Anchor.fm. It has a functionality where people can click the support button on the podcast, and it gives them three choices for supporting the podcast. 99 cents a month. $4.99 Four ninety nine a month and nine ninety nine a month, and for every person who subscribes to that, will get a shout out from me on the podcast. And if you are one of the people that does the nine ninety nine a month, I'll also give you an option to be a guest on the podcast. We'll just hang out and uh, chat about whatever in the in the geek world, or actually whatever you want to talk about. Really, I can talk about just about anything. So just to recap: there's a couple of different ways we can we can support the podcast. One is doing the rate us now on the website 206 geek.com and then the 
other way is to go to support.206geek.com. Once you go to that, click the support link and then follow the, the choices there. That's great. That's all you need to do to support the podcast. And we're back. Actually, before I go into the next story, I did find out that the Retro Champ, like I said, is a portable device. It didn't occur to me that I should probably look closer at the picture of the device. Because it is a portable device, the controls are on the device itself. Very much like a a, uh, switch, we have the directional pad on the left and the AB buttons on the right. And you can connect external wireless controllers to it, but it has a built-in on the device itself. And it looks like the people over at RetroChamp are also working on making SNES Genesis handheld device called the Super RetroChamp. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, for 80 bucks, it's not bad. And in fact, you know, I'm, I may end up looking into getting one at some point. Um, I think I'd have to find my favorite games before I consider spending $80 on a system, which doesn't come with any. So I would have to look for, I'd have to look for the original Zelda. I'd have to look for Super Mario Brothers. I think one and two were like my favorites. I think three as well. It's been so long since I played them. I can't even remember which one's which of the second and third ones anyway. Um, I think the second one's the one where you can pick between the four different characters and Toad was really strong. Um, Luigi could jump really high. I think the princess was able to like fall slowly because she had a dress and stuff. I think anyways, the, uh, talking about the retro, the retro champ for 80 bucks, portable gaming system that works with NES and Famcom games. Not bad. All right, so next story. Next story. All right. All right. Okay. Um, the Boys Season 2 sneak peek announced. It says, The highly anticipated second season of The Boys will arrive later this year. And through a brief teaser has... Ar- oh, excuse me. Not through. Though. Because, you know, I can read. Um, and though a brief teaser has already been released, we now know when we can get a proper first glimpse at the new episodes. The, tr- the official Twitter account for the boys revealed that an exclusive glimpse at season two will premiere at Paleyfest on March 15th, and fans can pick up their tickets to the panel right now. The event will kick off at 7 p.m. Pacific time and we'll see cast members Carl Urban, uh, Jack Quaid, Aaron Moriarty, Chance Crawford, Jesse T. Usher, Usher, Laz Alonzo, and Karen Fukuhara. I think it's how it's pronounced. I apologize if I get that wrong. In attendance, along with the showrunner, Eric Kripke. That's cool, man. I don't know where this Paley Fest is. 
Um, I'm assuming it's someplace in California. Uh, I'm assuming it's also Paley Fest and not Pal Y Fest. <laughs> uh, as a joke, folks. Really bad one. I apologize. All right. And then it says here, the second season of The Boys will pick up after the major cliffhanger from the first season. Uh, the first season finale that revealed Butcher's wife is still alive, living in secret and raising the son of a sociopathic superhero Homelander. This new season will uh, will revel in the fallout of those events, while also likely putting uh, Huey and Butcher on a collision course as they both attempt to figure out how to navigate this world. I need to rewatch the, se- the first season before I go back and, and, and watch season two. Such a good show. Like, when I, when I was watching it, thinking, oh, this is going to just be another superhero show, and it's going to be, you know... I'm here to save the day kind of thing and and, uh, the scene on the plane if you haven't watched it spoiler alert where Homelander like assures that he's gonna save everyone from this crashing plane and then turns and says yeah I can't save any of these people (laughs) you know they're all gonna die and uh, I'm like whoa he just flat out lied to their face. Yeah, no, it was a good show. If you haven't watched it, or if you don't have like Amazon Prime, you can. I think you should be able to binge the whole first series, the first season, um, if you have like a day to do nothing. I did. I I I, I binged the entire series. Um, and I'm pretty sure it came all out at once. I don't think it did like one episode a week like some other places do. Although that wouldn't be bad either because then they would guarantee them um, if, you know, they would guarantee them at least people would watch the first five episodes of uh, if they only did like the paid for one month of service. But if the if there's like twenty episodes that like spans it out more than just a month, so there's one episode a week, so that gives them a little bit more money. Because if you can binge watch an entire series in one sitting, you'll get the service for a month, and then cancel, watch the series you wanted to watch, and then like only re-sign up when the next season comes out. And that's what a lot of people I think do. At least that's. That's how I understand it anyway. All right. So Viacom, CBS to expand CBS All Access with Nickelodeon, Showtime, and Comedy Central programming. I think that's a good idea because CBS All Access, the only reason why I have access to it now is for Picard. So if they had more stuff... More things to watch on there. I'd probably, you know, be using the app a lot more. And I'm wondering if if uh, I should look into it, see if it's 
if CBSL access is only accessible through the app or if it has a channel in on uh, Amazon Fire. So if it does, that might be the way to do it for me. I might just get the channel through Amazon Fire. That way I don't have to install anything extra, which is... They take, you would think that the apps don't take up a lot of space, but they can, and sometimes they do. So I'll, I'll have to remove other apps in order to install one that I want to actually use because there's no room otherwise. This is what it says here. Viacom CBS made a lot of waves when the merger between two companies completed last year. Now that, um, now the company has announced plans to launch new service with content from Paramount, Viacom, and CBS All Access. Both entities had streaming services of their own with Showtime and CBS All Access, but now they're going to combine their efforts into this new venture. Viacom, Viacom's output is one of the big draws here as heavy hitters like Nickelodeon, BET, MTV, Comedy Central, Paramount Pictures, and Pluto TV are all going to make their way to the platform. Product discussions are private at this this stage, according to CNBC, but there are enough details to announce that this is on the way. Okay. An ad-free version will be available alongside a premium version of the service that folds Showtime into the package. There's also been no name and there has been no name announced yet or pricing details based on service is estimated to come under $10 a month according to sources. Uh, that would um uh, Position the product well in, in the landscape that is only growing more crowded by the day. Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu, Apple TV, Peacock, and HBO Max will be in the fray by the end of the year. And CBS, uh, Viacom CBS doesn't want to miss out on their chance to compete. So, I don't know about you guys, but I remember about 10, 15 years ago where people were complaining that um, they're spending too much money on cable and or satellite because you're, you're having to get specific tiers of service in order to get the, the channels you want to watch. And they never put the, they never group the channels in a way that, you know, you can get like Comedy Central, Sci-Fi Channel, Boomerang, Cartoon Network, History Channel, all in one package. They're all in separate packages. And then if if you wanna if you want to have those channels, you have to get multiple packages. And that ends up making your cable bill really expensive. And I, I remember seeing people saying that you know they're gonna leave cable, they're gonna leave satellite. You know, they're just going to watch stuff online. And back in those days, it was just Hulu and Netflix. And that was, you know, that was between 10 and $20 a month for those two. 
now that there's more to choose from, more streaming services, um, the other thing that the new, the new, newer streaming services are doing is they're offering annual payments instead of monthly. Um, my sister got Disney Plus. She paid for a whole year for, I think it was like 70 bucks, which is great if you think about it. Um, and, you know, in the long run, it's cheaper doing that than it is to pay like $12, $13 a month for something that you only watch once or twice a month, four times if it's like a series, you know, that you're watching. Um, I know that um, I got it when The Mandalorian came out, which I think was like a week after, a week or two after the 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 launch of uh Disney Plus it didn't it, it I don't think that I don't remember maybe it it maybe the Mandalorian did come out right around the same time as the launch but I want to say that the the Mandalorian was like a couple weeks or a month after the launch of Disney Plus and that was what brought me in that and being able to watch all the other Star Wars movies and and the Marvel stuff and now they have, because of the merger with Fox Entertainment, now they have The Simpsons and all the other Fox shows. So, and it sounds like Via, uh, Via, Viacom CBS um, is going to be, I don't know if that's the name of the app itself. Because it sounds like they're basically what they're doing is they're just going to take CBS All Access and just throw a bunch of more content at it, you know, that'd be cool, I mean, as it stands now, Viacom owns Pluto TV, that's why they've added all those new channels, and they're all like, single show channels, so like there's, <laughs> what was it, um, there's, there's, right, right, right around the time that the, the, the Dora the Explorer movie came out, they added a Dora the Explorer channel that plays nothing but that cartoon. They do have a Ninja Turtles channel, which plays all the different versions of the Ninja Turtle cartoon. So the original one from 87, the one that came out in the early 2000s, I think 2002, 2003, and then the most recent um, one uh, from 2012, and then the new, new one, hasn't been on there because it's still like still live it's still doing new episodes on Nickelodeon. Um so for you to watch that one you have to have Nickelodeon. But you can watch all the old versions of the Ninja Turtles cartoon on Pluto TV, which is it's it's, it's an it's a worthwhile app to have if you don't have if you don't have like uh cable or satellite <laughs> and you want to watch more than the two channels that you get over the actually you know what last time I had over the air there was like 20 different channels but 10 of those 20 were all the same channel because <laughs> they were all on re repeating repeating uh, um, signals for different parts of western Washington but I lived in an area where I got all of them at the same place <laughs> but I don't know I think that the uh, as I understand with the Peacock app that's coming out, that's going to be, um, they're going to have a free version of it that will give you 
Uh, it's basically like watching YouTube where you, you get all the content for free, but there's advertisements. Actually, it may be closer to the original Hulu where it was, where it was free with advertisements. Now it, Hulu costs money regardless of if you have ads or not. It costs more to have no ads, but you still have to pay, I guess. So that's why I don't have Hulu right now. Kind of expensive to have all of these. All right, the next story. Star Trek reveals its alien strain of pot. I don't know. That, to me, that just... I don't know. I don't know. I've I've never met, and I don't know Gene Roddenberry, but I don't, I don't know if he would be into that or if he would want that to be a part of the Star Trek universe. I don't suspect he would. I mean, he is a creative type, so he probably did smoke weed, but I don't know if he necessarily would want to put it on his show. But that's just me. That's my thoughts. I mean, I could be completely wrong. I don't know him. I never met him. I've only met one or two Star Trek actors, and we didn't really talk politics or, or anything, and so I don't know their feelings about those types of things. I, I met them and said, I love the show you're on. I think you're great, and that's about it, really. <laughs> Um, but this is, this was reported on comicbook.com. It says, Star Trek is ex- expanding its mythos in some mon- monumental ways through its new TV series. In the first three episodes, Star Trek Picard alone, we've seen the Romulan and Borg races both undergoing major changes while the role of synthetics has taken on a bold new form as well as well however with all the these big important star trek mythos happening it's nice to see that picard episode 3 the, the end is the beginning makes some t- uh, some time to add something more irreverent and fun to the mythos like star trek's version of pot which only grows on alien planet Oh. And it says here, warning, Star Trek Picard Episode 3 spoilers follow. So maybe I won't read the rest. You'll have to check out this link once I have it posted. Um, And, and after you've watched that episode of... I just watched it. Before I started recording, I watched um third episode of Picard. I think I need to go back and rewatch it because I don't remember the weed. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Durr. <laughs> All right. And then the last story I have pulled up here. I'm going to probably pull up some more things, and, but these are the things I already had preloaded on my computer to talk about today. The Matrix 4 The Matrix 4 stars Reeves and Moss have been spotted filming the potential train wreck of a sequel. You know, why would anyone say that this movie's going to be a train wreck only that it the, the last movie came out like 20 years ago? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, I didn't didn't like the second and third one as much as I liked the first movie. 
But I don't suspect they would put out a sequel to a 20-year-old movie and, and, and not have it be a spectacular story. Although, it's entirely possible, though, because I've seen some, some sequels that were not as good as the originals, but still not terrible either. So, this is what it says here. This is this was posted on Latino, Latino Review. Latino Review. That's the word, yes. Because, um, you know, sometimes my brain and my mouth don't synchronize properly and, you know, the words don't come out proper. Um, it says here, I must say that, that when the announcement came that The Matrix 4 came out about The Matrix 4, I was surprised. Then I figured it's Hollywood... This should not be. This should be no surprise at all. What better way to make a buck than to resurrect a famous franchise with the same cast? Well, it looks like filming is underway in California right now. Check out the post from Keanu Reeves' fan account below. Clicking the picture. This is from Twitter user Keanu Planet. And let's see. Okay, gonna click it again. Uh, it just shows like I don't know if they're actually filming or if they're just standing around. It shows Keanu and, and Carrie Ann Moss. All right, well, you know, yeah, they're. I don't know. I, I, I I'm gonna, I'm gonna reserve my complaints or disapprovals or any, of any kind towards this movie until I see at least a trailer. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know. It's, and it says. It says here, you can see Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss and director Lana Wachowski. Uh, there, there are also a couple of videos doing the rounds online. They do not mention very much, just Wachowski shooting various angled shots of Reeves looking at something. Okay. Here's my deep concern with The Matrix 4, hence the train wreck title. There are many fans out there like me, the ones who thought the first movie was groundbreaking, different, fun, and yet familiar, but uh, but also thought the sequels were absolutely trash. The trilogy had so much potential to be that generation's Star Wars. Instead, we got bad acting, nonsensical plot, and a whole dose of super weird. I think the reason why I didn't like the 2 and 3 was the same reason why I didn't like the prequels of Star Wars. Uh, You took a great action film and forced a love story 
and politics and or religion to the action movie. So the Star Wars prequels um, were really heavily into like politics and a in a in a love story. The Matrix movies were beyond the action and the science fiction aspect of it for both of those franchises anyway. It was the second and third Matrix movies were about love story and religion. That's what I got from it anyway. I, I saw some parallels between religion and the whole like Neo being the the chosen one and stuff. Same thing with like same thing with Anakin Skywalker. You're the chosen one, you know that kind of thing. You're my brother. Yeah, sorry, that was a terrible. That was a terrible uh, impression of an angry Obi Wan. Actually, it wasn't even tr- trying to be an impression. It was just me mocking that scene. But uh. <laughs> Oh, here's something interesting. Hugo Weaving turned down The Matrix 4. I'm not at all surprised. He's he's one of those actors that um, doesn't like sequels. Um, and that's... and that, uh, Where did I... I remember hearing that after he did... Um, I think it was like the... F- Lord of the Rings, or maybe it was... Um, the first Matrix trilogy. I think I think it may have been the Matrix trilogy that burned him on sequels. Because <laughs> I remember he, he saying that he didn't want to come back playing Megatron in the Michael Bay Transformer movies. But they brought him back for at least one movie. So he was in the first two Transformers movies, and I think the third one, they had somebody else playing Megatron, which I think was actually Frank Welker, the original actor who played Megatron. So. And then, then, then this article about The Matrix 4 goes on to saying, um, is there anyone left out there who actually believes this movie will somehow recapture the lightning in the bottle of The Matrix? The Wachowskis, even if only one of them is back, are an acquired taste. I feel like there, there's more chance of another Matrix Revolutions than a, re- a resurrection of the first film's fire. Yeah, I think the Revelations was the third one. Yeah, I remember that movie just not being nearly as good as the first one. And the and the second one I I didn't like because just it was so it was shoving the the love story down your throat so much. I was like, "Okay, enough of the fucking story between, you know, Neo and and uh Trinity. I mean, come on." And and I think that was part of the reason why 3 was sucked because it was just a continuation of that love story. I really didn't like that. Mm. Yeah. This is... What do you want, if anything, from Matrix, The Matrix 4? Are you beginning to believe? Leave your thoughts below, as always. Um, 
I would like to see it retcon two and three <laughs> and just have it more action. Let's let's step away from the love story. You know, I mean, I actually don't even I, I can't think of anything I'd want to see in four other than where are they now? What have they been doing for the last 20 years? Are they in the real world now? Um, are they back in the Matrix? Is the Matrix just rebooted itself, you know, you know, a, a tenth time or whatever? Oops, sorry. Bumped the mic. Sorry. Okay. I think, you know, I think that's it for today. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. And I will talk to you guys next time. Bye. If you want a shout out on the podcast, you can leave a voicemail or text me at 206-504-3190. You can also hit me up on social media at 206geek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.